The Book Thingo podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and heroines over 40. This is episode 31 featuring Sandra Antonelli at the Romance Writers of Australia conference in Adelaide. Book Thingo would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Ghana people. We acknowledge the contributions of Aboriginal Australians to our shared literary heritage. Welcome to the Book Thingo podcast, talking about books we love, especially romance. Kill a fairy fast on the Book Thingo podcast. Welcome back to the Book Thingo podcast. I'm Kat Mayo from bookthingo.com.au, an Aussie blog for romance readers. Today's guest is none other than the fabulous Sandra Antonelli, author of contemporary romance and advocate for romances that feature heroines over 40. She finished her PhD with a thesis titled Cougars, Grannies, Evil Stepmothers and Menopausal Hot Flashes, Roles, Representations of Age and the Non-Traditional Romance Heroine. Her paper explores how older women are portrayed in romance fiction. And Sandra's website has a section called Mature Content Stockpile, where she collects articles and references around this topic. I first met Sandra at an RWA Awards dinner a few years ago before she was published, and I've loved following her journey as an author and as an academic, but also she's just so much fun to talk to. You can find information on all the books we talk about in this episode by going to bookthingo.com.au slash podcast and clicking on episode number 31. I'm Sandra Antonelli, and I write what I call adult contemporary romance fiction. You have adult contemporary radio stations. Well, now you have adult contemporary romance fiction where the characters are all 40 and older. That means the heroine, the romance heroine, and the hero, who you could call the silver fox, are all over 40. And you also did a PhD. What was the topic of your thesis? I was looking at the roles and the representations of women and age in romance fiction and the stereotypical ways older women are usually portrayed in most kinds of fiction, you know, like the cougar or the granny or the evil stepmother, that sort of thing. The most important finding in my thesis is that within the publishing industry, there's a prevalent thought that romance is a younger woman's tale, which automatically excludes women over a particular age or women of a certain age from the story. Most of the time, editors believe that a, a woman with life experience, so a woman who's over 40, has too much life experience or too much baggage to fit into a romance. So she's kind of pushed out of romance and moved into women's fiction, you know, where a story might have uh, romantic elements, but most of the time it's about some you know, voyage of self-discovery or you know, voyage of her family through something. And so why is it that you're interested in seeing older protagonists in romance? Someone asked an interesting question yesterday after I presented my paper, and it was, first they made a comment that when you're a child and you're, you begin reading and you're reading stories, you're typically reading about people who are older than you doing things that you can't do. Never quite lost that. I've always enjoyed reading stories about people who were older or people from other times who were older. And as I read romance uh, fiction, like into my 30s, I started to look for stories where characters were older. And I realized they didn't progress beyond, you know, let's say at that, at that point, 20 years ago or so, I'm thinking when I was in my 30s. Oh, God, I told everyone how old I am. <laughs> 
I'm 50. Okay, so I'm sorry, back to that. I couldn't find stories where people were older. The characters were sort of like 30, 32, and then suddenly that was it. I realized if I wanted to read stories where people were older than me, I'd have to find women's fiction stories, which some of them, yes, I enjoy, but most of the time, if I wanted a romance and I wanted that, that beautiful fantasy of falling in love with these two people connecting, it just wasn't there. Or people died at the end, which we know we don't want. So I started to write these romance stories, and I started writing them for myself. Of course, when I write a story, I write for myself first all the time, every time, with every novel, even the very first big fat one that will never see the light of day. So I, I started writing these stories, and I realized I was making all the characters older. And as I was still writing these books and looking for stories to see if anyone had kind of begun to write older heroines, not just heroes, because it's always been acceptable to have an older hero in a romance, just like on the film screen, it's always acceptable to have the older man and the younger woman pairing. And I think that's boring. Very boring. It's not reflective of life. So I wanted to find out why this was happening, why you kept getting this stop or this invisible line that women couldn't cross. So I decided to do a master's degree. Actually, I was accepted into a master's degree program. And once I completed the master's degree and discovered that there was a gap within the romance genre where there, were, there was an audience, an existing audience, who were after the same kind of books I was, which really excited me, I waited 18 months and then I did a PhD <laughs> that sort of extended that investigation into why there weren't older women in romance fiction. And what I discovered was that there's an ageist attitude at work within the romance publishing industry with romance editors. And it, and it mirrors the same sort of pairing you see on screen with older men and younger women. That, that's prevalent in romance fiction as well. And that irritated me more and more. Romance fiction editors seem to believe, not all of them, but a large portion of them seem to believe that romance is a younger woman's tale, which I don't really think is fair and it's not true to life. And I know we're dealing with a fantasy. You know, that's why you have big buff heroes and you have heroines who can be flawed and physically flawed. You're never going to find a fat hero, and I'd love for someone to write an overweight hero. I really would. But if you're dealing with fantasy, and some people don't want that kind of realism in their stories. And I think I mentioned in my paper yesterday, my first book, A Basic Renovation, the heroine finds a hair on her nipple, and, and she's always plucking them out. And I had a reader who left a review on Amazon who really didn't like that. She didn't want that sort of realism in, in her romance fantasy, and that's fair enough. But there were other readers who were, who were sort of gung-ho about it, going, oh, thank God you're writing these women. Where have these women been all this time? Which, of course, just added, you know, more fuel to my fire to... So where did you find the readers who liked or who were looking for older protagonists? Online, on, in all the romance communities, various romance communities. In the, in the last year, on Facebook, a, a wonderful woman named Karen Booth and Margaret, they started a, a Facebook page called Seasoned Romance, which I think is pretty self-explanatory. That's yeah. a nice it's a great sort title, of sub-genre it? title. It is great, because people have, well, adult contemporary, that's my thing. Seasoned Romance fits really well also. They're a little more... Not lenient. They're so a little more flexible in, in, in some of their some of the members. I'm a member of the group. Some of the members think mature is 30s. I don't really see 30s as being an area of mature because I have no difficulty finding romance heroines who are in their 30s. Once you kind of go over 40, that's when things start to sort of peter out. 
But, you know, it's great. It's fantastic. I, I'm just so impressed that this group is here. And the group just kind of exploded within a few weeks. And, and, and they've added um, book lists on Goodreads. And it's a new way of, of finding books and authors who write these stories, not just myself. Do you know who publishes these stories? Some of them are self-published. A lot of books haven't been published. However, just recently, Maggie Wells was offered a three-book contract with Sourcebooks for a sports, a sports romance series. And all of her characters, all her, both the hero and heroine are over 40 in this three-book series. I think it's three books. So that's, that's fantastic. I mean, that's a, that's a print publisher. Someone asked me a question yesterday about Kristen Ashley because Kristen Ashley's been successful with her series where her hero and heroine have been over 40. I'm kind of interested in that. Yeah. Is it obvious that they're older? No, it's just that I think if someone mentions somebody's age, people kind of automatically go, oh, they're older. But if you don't make any mention of it directly, you just may say, oh, he's older than me, or he's older than blah, 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 or they have children or something like that. Well, you kind of think, oh, they're a little older. It's kind of like when you're buying petrol and you see that the petrol is $1.1999. You know, it's that .99 thing. It's like, oh, it's under $1.20. Actually, it's kind of, it's basically $1.20, isn't it? Yeah, so it's that psychological switch in your mind. So if you see that label that someone's 50 in a book, you go, oh, my God, they're 50. And because you typically don't see positive images of women Older women and, and, and 40 and beyond, positive images in, the, in advertising or on television and film. You know, what, what frame of reference do you have? So it's a, it's a stereotype that people Completely, yeah, completely. I mean, anti-aging things are, you know, one form of advertising that, that you see that's kind of positive and yet at the same time, this whole idea of battling age because age is like a disease or something detrimental that you need to fight off. So yesterday in the panel, there was a question around the reasons why romance readers might shy away from older protagonists. One of the issues that was raised was the issue of mortality and whether or not it breaks the romantic fantasy to think of the protagonist as, I guess, approaching death. (laughs) I don't know whether you'd say that a 50-year-old is approaching death, but I guess when you cross that line between what people think is young and what people think is old, when you're considered old then the specter of death looms ever closer. Yeah, for some people that's true. Uh, and there is what seems to be like an inherent fear of death in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of people in a lot of society. Just like there's an inherent fear of aging itself. You know, people are afraid of that, that decline, the, the body decline, the physical decline. But then if you look back historically at fiction, at romance fiction, what was considered romance fiction when there, where there wasn't a happily ever after, the happily ever after, maybe the people would meet up again in heaven, and that was considered to be, oh, you know, so beautiful and happy, as opposed to yeah, spending the, the rest of their lives together. And actually, in paranormal romance, when you have an immortal hero heroine paired up with a mortal partner, often the case is that the, the author finds a way to make the mortal partner immortal. And I've read arguments as to why an, a mortal and immortal pairing is actually not a happy ending because at some point one's going to die and, and the immortal character knows it. So I, th- I think that there might be something to that theory. Do you think that feeds into the idea that the immortal is forever damned? You know, from, it comes from that, that Christian ideal of heaven. So the immortal's forever damned and not going to go to paradise. No, I think it's more that, well, it's more that either 
the mortal will die and the immortal will eventually fall in love again. Mm-hmm. So this is not okay. the final happy ending for that person. It's just a happy, happily for now. Yeah, okay. or um, the mortal will die and the immortal is forever heartbroken. So in both cases, the immortal is kind of unhappy at the end. Or well, either the immortal is unhappy at the end, or the reader is unhappy at the end. So you see that as a you see that as a defense against the fear of death, the the, the, immort- the immortal aspect of it. Well, it's not so much a defense. I think it's it's something that plays into people's ideas of a happy ending. A lot of people wouldn't consider well wouldn't consider death a happy ending. I know. So we have a mutual friend, Vasiliki, who's my librarian, and I've I've mentioned her in the podcast before. Um, but we've had some conversations around uh, whether or not an ending where the couple, the romance couple, die as old people, mm-hmm. whether or not that's a happy ending for Vasiliki. And I'm just going to paraphrase her so she can she can correct me if I'm wrong. The fact that they lived a long happy life the fact that they die is just part of life and yep. but it's part of the happy ending whereas for me I never want to think about my couples dying okay I, I know they do okay. and even in historicals there's there's usually discussion if for example I think Julianne Long the end of her Penny Royal series book the couple end up together but in the epilogue it's set in the present so that couple has died and so there's some sort of references around you know, the fact that they lived a long life, but eventually, you know, they're in the cemetery or whatever. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that because they don't want to think about... Yeah, they're afraid of their own immortality. Yeah. yeah. So it's around, basically it's all around fear. So the fear of getting older and the fear of dying. And, yeah, potentially because it's, it's fear. People are afraid of dying. People don't want to face the fact that we're all going to die. So some people are going to have difficulty with that. I should have said but that the argument is that there are enough readers out there to support a subgenre or a, a category of, of romances featuring all the protagonists. Is well, that what you Yeah, found? because romance has something for everyone, and really, when you go digging, it sure as hell does. But this group of, of readers who are ready for these, oh, I call them tales of old in this way, well, they're looking for these stories and they're not finding them. And it's surprising considering the fact Romance has something for everyone. Have you found anything in, say, fan fiction or in the sort of um, serial fiction communities around older protagonists? You know what? That's one thing I haven't explored and I probably should. I'm, I'm not a big fan fiction reader. So I'm just thinking, like, maybe you could get Han Solo fan fiction. <laughs> it would be a slash, slash fiction is what I'm thinking. Well, maybe. Some, you know, Han and Chew- little Han and Chewbacca action, I don't know. It probably exists. It probably <laughs> does, yeah. So who's writing in? Who's writing older protagonists? Besides me, there are authors who have written older protagonists but haven't written them again, like Jenny Cruzy. One of my favorite books was Trust Me, her book Trust Me on This. The primary couple, the lead couple in that, were not an older couple, but there was a secondary romance in that between a woman named Victoria and for some reason I can't remember the, the man's name the man's name in that story I actually found their story much more interesting because oh god I can't remember his name it's not Herb let's just call him Herb for now on or Herbert or something that's not the right name he was just so into her he th- thought everything about her was fantastic and she really was a wonderful character Victoria was a wonderful character they were 60s in their 60s and that was such an engaging part of that story so she's Jenny Cruzy's. She has a secondary couple, and then Fast Women, the two leads in the forties. But they're not 40s. The, the central couple. 
In Fast Women, they are, yeah. Oh, they are? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're, they're early middle-aged. I that book. I like that book. Okay. I like that book. It's, a, it's kind of got a mystery in it as well. Um, Rachel Treasure wrote an anthology called 50 Bales of Hay. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure one of the short stories featured a couple, I think in their 60s. That's great. Yeah. That's so fantastic. That's basically everything. It's rural romance. It's, I don't know if it was erotic, erotic, but it was definitely, all the short stories were based on people having sex, basically, yeah. which is the tie into 50 Bales of Hay. Yes. But, you know, they're not all super explicit. So there's a, there's an audience for that sort of erotica as well. People write short stories or write novellas or write novels that have older, both older characters in them. And you know, the younger woman, older man, or the older man, younger woman pairings in that too, in those stories too. On the uh, Season Romance Facebook page, there are a lot of people, a lot of authors who write older heroines and older heroes. A lot of them just write silver foxes, the men, and that's it. Offhand, there's Penny Watson. Yeah, Penny Watson's fabulous books, fabulous books. And there's Karen Booth, and there's Cecilia London, and there's Morgan Malone. What about in historical romance? I'm thinking of Eloisa James's Duchesses. I can't remember how old those protagonists were, but they were. I mean, the heroine probably wasn't that old because those heroines are never. I mean, they get married, you know, before their 20s. But I think the heroes sounded quite seasoned. See, okay, I, huh. it's not that I have a problem with this. It's the, that it's, accept, it's accepted that men are older, and often the heroes are older in uh, historical fiction. But uh, even then, they wouldn't normally be over 40. No, but it's acceptable for, for them to be older. And in a contemporary story, it's acceptable for the for the hero to be older, but not really acceptable for the heroine to be the same age well, as the hero. Well, it's the Sean Connery phenomenon, right? That yeah. the men, as they get older, get more desirable. They're distinguished and more desirable, yeah. and the women are just old. Women just disappear after they're 40. They just don't get yeah. any roles anymore. Yeah, which is my point. That's what, that's, that, that's what we want to make these women who are there. We are want to make them even more visible, move them from being invisible and unseen. Do you find the writers of seasoned romance to be older writers as well, or do you, is there a, a range of ages in the, in the uh, writing there's, there's, a, there's a range of ages in the group. One of the interesting things that you said yesterday was around diversity in romance and the fact that when we talk about diversity, we, we talk about different ethnicities. Different, yeah, different aspects of diversity, but we almost never really talk about age. No, age is never considered an issue of diversity. And really, I mean, the romance that we read, they really just span 20 years, because mm -hmm. it's from your 20s to your 40s, and you don't really get much outside of that. Before your 20s is usually considered YA, and then after 40s, as you said, it's very difficult to find. Extremely difficult to find, and even harder to discover. And then if you like virgins, then you'd be looking for 40-plus-year-old virgins, which is going to be difficult. Yeah, and I, I mean, there, there are women out there who are 40-plus who are still virgins, and it amuses me when, when people say it's not realistic to have a virgin in, in a story, and I kind of think, why? You know, there's, there's, a, there's a spectrum of sexuality in, out there, people who've never had sex, people who have sex all the time. And people, people are just not that interested. I haven't met the right person, you know, to be interested in it. So, you know, why do we exclude? Why do we say something's not realistic when there are people like this in the population? Well, it'd be interesting because, I mean, the appeal of self-publishing is that writers and readers can create new communities yes. that 
haven't been obvious to traditional publishers and editors. Do you find when speaking with editors, agents and so on that um, this is echoed in what they, in their comments about your books? Well, coming up... Oh, you don't have to talk about that. No, 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 no. I mean, in the books I've had published or the books that I've tried to have published... Either. I've had the experience where uh, it's been suggested that I make the characters younger. I make the, the heroine younger, actually. That's... We have attempted to do that. No, not at all. In fact, um, it just makes me more determined to write the next character a little bit older, makes female character a little bit older. There's a, there's a big parallel, and I'm not sure if I've already said this. There's a big parallel between what happens in Hollywood with women over forty on screen, and women over forty in fiction, not just romance fiction, but in fiction. You only see them in particular in particular roles, and they're they're rarely rarely positive roles very rarely possible. Yeah, actually, roles. when you put the list up of um, the types of older women archetypes um, in film, I was uh, actually, it was like, it was a bit of a revelation because I didn't, it, it never occurred to me well, that, no. yeah, it's very rare to see a positive portrayal of, a, of an older woman. Mm. And even when it's positive, it's usually got some sort of um, counterbalancing um, yes, negative does. trait. It like, does. You know, uh, really great, gregarious, open-minded mom, but very ditzy and can't be organized, whatever it is. Yeah, completely, like that. There's some aspect that's always drawn back to the stereotype. Not always, but often. So what book are you working on now, or writing, and does it feature older protagonists? I pitched a book to Kensington Books, to Essie Soga. She wanted to see it, and and I told her how how old the character was. I told her that the the character is 50. And she was all for it. And this is kind of interesting, and I don't think Essie will mind me talking about this, because she was one of the editors that I interviewed when I was doing my doctoral work. And she was one of the editors who said, romance is a younger woman's story, and older women belong in women's fiction. And I think she's kind of come back around to thinking, well, actually, there is an audience for this now. So I'm quite excited that she wants to see, that she wants to see the book. And she said when I gave her the little spiel, she said, you had me a toilet brush, which is a really great thing. So, because this, this book's about a, a, a butler and the spy she works for in a deadly toilet brush, but I'm excited about that. So the book I'm working on now is the second book in perhaps what will be a series, not really sure. A book that just came out in July is about a middle-aged albino man and his new next-door neighbor. I think I told you it deals with themes of appearance. I don't and know. is the next door neighbor also over 40? Yeah. Because yeah. you do pairings that are both over 40, right? Yes. You don't do younger man or woman, older man or woman. In this case, he's older than she is. Okay. By 10 years. But okay. she's still, she's mid-40s and he's mid-50s. Do you think, is there, do you think you'll hit a limit of age where it would be very difficult to write a romantic story? No. The first book I wrote, uh, A Basic Renovation, there's a subplot in there. The lead characters are both in their 40s. In the subplot, the character's in his 90s, and he finds love for a second time. In I his do life. remember you that. You remember that, yeah. And that's actually based, part of that is based on a true story of the community where my family was living at the time. There was a couple who came to the priest, a local priest, and said, we'd like to get married. And the man was in his 90s, and the woman was in her late 80s. And I was like, oh my god! Well, actually, when, when I talk to people who have experience either experience working in um, senior citizens' homes and older people homes, I guess, there's quite a bit of romance going on there. Oh, yeah. These people have no time to waste. No, no, no. <laughs> my, friend, my friend Eli, who's worked in elder care for quite a long time, 
well, when she read my book, she told me that there's all kinds of hanky-panky going on in, in community centers and in nursing homes. And I think I mentioned yesterday that the highest rate of sexually transmitted diseases is, is in people over 50. And quite often they're living in retirement communities. You know, you could we could do like, um, well, not we, but somebody could do a uh, like a Franny Fisher um, <laughs> style crime sort of fiction crime series set set in a retirement village. I think I think Jessica Fletcher from Murder Show. Oh, I guess so. Already That's did true. something like that. There, there's a book. The book came out earlier this year. But was by, she sexually liberal? I don't know. Yeah. See, that was kind of in the back then. But possibly, I don't know. I, I have to admit, I've only seen a, you know a handful of episodes of Murder She Wrote. I would so read I never... a femme fatale. A retired lady in a retirement village, sort of solving mysteries. But you're working visiting at, other people's rooms at night. You're you're working on um, <laughs> a, a character, a, an older female character, who is acceptable because the, the the older female sleuth, like Agatha Christie's Miss Marple and Jessica Fletcher, have are have been these acceptable forms for an older. But they're woman. not. They're, their sexuality isn't really. No, explored. that's never. That would be great if you could pull. I that mean, in that there. would just be the hook because you yeah, know that there's yeah. an audience for that. And then, and then you, you make snap it, it off. But, but some people might go, "Oh my God, there's sex in this!" And I thought it was just a crime story. Well, I'm sure they'll the still enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, Friday Fisher runs into that problem too. Even the TV series, which is really actually well executed, I mm. think. But she's just—I've heard um, in the U.S. market they find her a little bit risque. <laughs> Probably not so much with the Aussies. I mean, we just kind of. Well, like, oh, well you see boobs, great. boobs and butts yeah. on TV here in the U.S. You don't. You still don't, I think. But I, I guess you're right. My proposal still has that, requires that veneer of respectability in order to then um, slip in a romance, <laughs> maybe unnoticed. But that, but that might be the way to lead to a greater acceptance, is if you use, a, uh, you use a, a form that's already existing, you know? So, it, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. So, if anyone has written that book, email us. No, Noel Adams oh, wrote a book, uh, released it earlier this year. I can't remember who the publisher is. Um, it's called Late Fall, and it's about a couple in their 70s, in a, I believe they're in a retirement community, meeting and falling in love. And I'm like, oh my God, they're in their 70s. Isn't that fantastic? And it's in my giant pile of books to read. end of an episode is upon us once again. You can find the show notes at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. Just click on episode 31. Many, many thanks to our tireless audio producer, Rudy Bremer, who not only whips each episode into shape, but makes podcasting so much fun. You can find our reviews and opinions at bookthingo.com.au and on Twitter. In the coming episodes, we'll be featuring some of our favorite authors, including C.S. Bacat and Courtney Milan, so make sure you tune in for those. Until then, I hope you have a fabulous fortnight of reading.